0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello everyone and welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is our show here on TheMesh.TV where we talk all about the world of customer service, how to improve the customer service we provide to our clients, our our vendors, our co-employees, anybody else we come into contact with. And some other strategies and ways we can make the most of our customer service culture to really benefit our organizations, no matter what size organization we may be talking about. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and with me, as always, is Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Alan. How are you?
1: Doing very, doing great. Doing great. It's gotten a little warm yeah. outside, a little humid. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of dealing with that. And, uh uh, i don't know if you you heard but i mean we're not that far away from where you are but uh we had some some really bad flooding a couple weeks ago up here in the Catawba county area some real heavy rainfall and uh took its toll on a lot of a lot of people's homes and and locations around here so there we're still cleaning up from a lot of that right now luckily at our our building here in uh, in downtown hickory we we had only a little bit of flooding in the basement not not anything i couldn't handle with a good wet vac coming in for a day but um it still kind of threw us all off a little bit so we're all kind of playing a little catch up right now and getting back on track and trying to return some normalcy there so but you well, know
2: good to hear you're, yeah. you know working through it
1: we are we are but i tell you there have been some people uh, affected you know pretty pretty poor pretty bad and uh Definitely, our, our thoughts have been going out to them lately, losing a few homes and uh, some wow. other things there too. So, well, let's try to let's try to go on to some some, some uplifting uh, good topics here. And and uh, every time we get together, we like to talk a little bit about some aspect of customer service, some practice, some idea that people can put into place to help improve their organization. And I got to tell you, I, I, I read your your blog all the time, and your blog at c- cssamerica.com, dot com is where you can learn about. Ed and his company, Customer Service Solutions, and what they do. And Ed, you've got a blog that you put out with some great posts, some great information on a regular basis. But I got to tell you, I I flipped over to your blog the other day, and I was kind of startled by something. My parents have always taught me, you know, you don't interact with hitchhikers, okay? That's (laughs) kind of the idea. You know, hitchhikers are off limits. It's not a good idea. So lo and behold, one of your blog posts I, I saw and I read the story about it is, Lessons Learned from a Young Hitchhiker. So I'm really intrigued about this. I thought maybe this would be a good time on this episode. We let's change the pace a little bit. Let's go into storyteller mode. I would love to hear your story about about this hitchhiker and and what we can learn from it, and uh, and how we can maybe relate some of the lessons learned from that story into our customer service model. Does that sound like a good plan?
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Well, Ed, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. And why don't you regale us with a uh, with your story then? <laughs>
2: Okay. Well, this story uh, is about – Uh, An 18-year-old hitchhiker named Cameron, and it is actually a customer service story. And I didn't think it would be at first because I was actually meeting a buddy of mine uh, out for dinner one night, and uh, he brought his son along because his son uh, had been away for a while and and had come back to the house. And uh, so we just started chit-chatting. And I've known Cameron since literally he was an infant. uh, This uh, 18-year-old who had recently graduated from high school, he had gotten his diploma and. Uh, You know, a lot of people graduate high school or college and they want to see the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they they don't want to go the normal route of going to college or getting a nine to five job. And Cameron's one of those people. You know, he he wanted to go out and see the world, experience the world, but he didn't necessarily want to do it through an iPhone or by flying the friendly skies or jet setting or anything like that. I mean, his his idea uh, of seeing the world or at least part of the world, uh, like, north america central america you know these kind of countries was to do it by foot okay so a very different Cam- way to do
1: it cameron's very adventurous i I, I i admire him already so yeah
2: yeah N- not the way i would see the world <laughs> I'm, I'm nowhere near this adventurous but you know that's just his personality he's very comfortable you know very very confident in a lot of ways and um, you know, So he wanted to see it by foot, but he also threw in a few uh, rides from a stranger here and there. In other words, hitchhiking. Wow! So over the previous year, prior to, prior to me catching up with him, uh, he had hitchhiked starting in Vancouver, Canada. He had gone east all the way across Canada. He had gone down the east coast of the U.S., he had gone into Central America, gone into Mexico. And then, obviously, back to the east coast of the U.S. to, to where he, uh, you know, visited his family. And the way he made money, this was not a matter of his parents giving him, uh, you know, a roll of money or sending him checks into a checking account. I mean, he made his own money. They haven't given him a dime. And he did it by playing guitar for money, or wow. he'd get some gigs, uh, you know, in, in uh, little clubs playing guitar. If he wasn't doing it, just out in the street, you know, occasionally he'd get jobs working in a kitchen or, you know, doing some sorts of uh, other types of odd jobs. Uh, But to do all those travels, he was hitchhiking, and he had estimated when we talked a couple months back that he had hitchhiked over 250 times. And now
1: 250 uh, different occasions, he 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 got in a a car with someone uh, as a hitchhiker.
2: Yes. Wow. And and that's uh, that's 250 more times than I've done it in my entire life. (laughs) So
1: so (laughs) let me do the math. Uh, So that means you've oh yeah you've done it zero. Okay. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So you know, obviously, I'm quite intrigued and. And uh, you know, one of the the things I was doing during this conversation was I started to put my customer service hat on because I'm thinking, you know, you you were trying to convince somebody who you've never seen before, who's never seen you before, to allow you to get into their car, uh, to to be willing to take you somewhere. And you have to do this very quickly. You have to establish a rapport with somebody really, really quickly to allow you to hitchhike with them. If it's a restaurant owner is going to let clean dishes, you have to uh let you clean the dishes, you're gonna have to establish that rapport and that credibility quickly. If you're gonna get somebody to, to um pay you to do a gig playing your guitar, you've got to establish that rapport and credibility quickly. So I basically said, you know, how how do you, Cameron, get somebody comfortable enough with you in in merely, you know, three to five minutes of having a conversation that they're willing to give you a job or giving you a ride uh, to the next town. I mean, how do you establish that kind of rapport, that kind of trust that quickly?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: and then he just started talking, giving example after example after example. And and uh, it was just really neat to hear hear the story that he had. Well, in, in terms of, uh, you know, before talking about what he said, let, let me ask a couple of key, key questions just so you can kind of get a sense for mm-hmm. uh, how he established that rapport. Okay. Um, for example, get, get, have you ever gotten a call from a telemarketer? And they say something like, uh, Is this Alan? And you say, Yes. And they say, Great. And they say, This is Johnny from Action Global. And you say, Okay. And they say, Well, how's it going today? And you say, Fine. And they say, You're in Hickory, right? And they say, "Uh, Yes. And they say, I hear it's great there. Oh,
1: boy. Yes. (laughs) I
2: mean, and you give them these one-word answers, and you have no idea where this person's going, why they're calling you. You know they're being all ebullient and you know friendly with you, but you have no idea what their goal is. So you're giving them those one-word answers right. back. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, how are you feeling? Just out of curiosity at that point, Alan, when, when a telemarketer calls, they, they're trying to act like your buddy, but you have no idea who they are or why they're calling you. What's your initial well, feeling there?
1: It still feels like an intrusion, and it feels like they're just going through a script. I mean, that's, that's how I feel yeah. like is I'm just being put through a routine where they're trying to butter me up to get to talk to me about whatever they're trying to sell. And yeah. it, it never works with me. I uh, It never feels genuine. It never feels like it's really Really, somebody wanting to know those things.
2: Yeah, so that was one of the first things that that he learned, uh, and he does is he tries to make sure that he's very sincere with the other person, Good. and right. instead of just. You know, talking about the weather and talking about things like that. He's asking questions about them as an individual, asking questions about them as a person. He's he's following up to their answer with not just another scripted question, but he's actually asking questions, digging deeper, or trying to learn more about this person. So one of the things he just really strives for is being inquisitive, mm-hmm. uh, being very sincere in the questions, really trying to learn about people, and conveying that he cares uh, when he's when he's in conversation with them.
1: Nice. Good. Yeah, I could see, too. I mean, there again, I, I know I threw out my little, my little word of caution about hitchhiking in the beginning, but I'm trying to, I am try to put myself in the, in the position as you go through these examples of if I were to encounter somebody like a Cameron. And, you know, yeah, right away, I think when somebody sounds like it's, they're giving you the typical spiel and they've already got their questions mapped out and they're just going to run through the, the typical, very broad, generic nondescript questions with you you definitely feel like you're kind of being played with a script and that, and that just never it just never works so right
2: and in the example i gave of the telemarketer too you don't really know where they're going what mm-hmm. their goal is you're just kind of hesitant to give them information open up because you really don't know what their their game plan is their their end goal is and that was another thing cameron said he said you know i try to be extremely clear on what my goals are you know i I am in this little town i want to get to the next little town you know i'm just trying i have a friend that's there or i'm trying to experience i've heard wonderful things about this this other town and basically i just like a ride if you give me a ride it's 30 miles it would save me a bunch of time Mm -hmm. it'd be real helpful so he was very very specific and clear on what his goals are why he was engaging them what he was looking for
1: Huh. Interesting. So, so basically, he's saying that if he feels like he can really specify, this is what I'm trying to do, and it not be just something like I just want to, I just want to catch a ride to see how far I can go. I'm just, I'm just kind of riding to to do it, and I just think it'd be fun to go somewhere else. He's being very specific and saying this is why I'm trying to get to this city, or this is where I'm trying to get to, and here's my end goal. And even if it is just to be adventurous, at least there's still a a goalpost in, in front of him. So. Right.
2: Because uh, if you think about it from the perspective of the person he's talking to, you know, that truck driver, that potential employer, they've got to have a lot of anxiety when a stranger walks up to them, definitely looking pretty scruffy since he's yeah. been, you know, literally hitchhiking all over North America. Uh, and, and this person wants you to be one-on-one with them and drive them somewhere or to yeah. pay them money for a job or, or to allow them into your establishment. So he's got to find ways to reduce their anxiety a little bit, you know, reduce their concern, bring down their barriers a little bit. And if, if he was in a situation where, He wasn't clear about what he was trying to do, you know, he wasn't real clear on what the goal was, then people would be a little bit more wary of him. Why are you talking to me? Why are you engaging me? You know, why why are you asking me all these questions? You know, what's your deal? Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, he was just very upfront, very open, very clear on what he was trying to accomplish.
1: Very nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah. And
2: and one way he did that, uh, to, to add that clarity, he is that he really tried to paint a picture of where he had done this previously. Okay. You know, for he might, he might say, for example, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to go to this next town and, and actually last week I, I was in this town, you know, about, uh, uh two counties over and, and, uh, I had heard about this this waterfall and I wanted to go see this waterfall and, and I met this particular uh, trucker at a restaurant and, and I told him what I was looking to do. And we had a great time chatting back and forth. You know, he drove me about an hour. He regaled me on stories of, of trucking and, and uh, it was just a great experience and I got to see the waterfall. So, you know, one way, again, he's helping to bring down the barriers from that other person is he's not only saying what he wants to do but he's painting a picture for them of where this exact situation's happened in the past how it worked out great for me it worked out great for the person who gave me that ride or gave me that opportunity
1: nice yeah i like that too so i'm already seeing how several of these things you're mentioning definitely apply to the the customer service world so yeah, yeah let's keep rolling with those
2: yeah, well, uh, another one I talked about this a little bit already. We talked about sincerity, mm-hmm. but but uh, Cameron is really good at asking questions. And you know, think about situations where you've been at a dinner party, Alan, or you know, some kind of social gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can there are lots of different types of people you can talk to. But I'm, I'm going to give you two different examples, and you tell me how you would feel differently in talking to these people. Okay. One person you're talking to uh, loves to talk, particularly about themselves. You know, okay. let me tell you what I've been doing. You know, let, let, let me tell you what's going on. Oh, yeah. oh you, you you should have seen this drive I hit on number eighteen. And uh, I yes. tell you about my recent promotion and uh,
1: I know oh. several of those people. Yeah, <laughs> so, all right. All right. <laughs> no now, problem the, the, relating there. Yeah.
2: Yes. The the flip side is somebody that you're talking to and and it seems like they are asking you lots of questions. They seem very interested with their body language and uh, you know, they're, they're really uh, you know, confirming back or clarifying some of the points that you made. And they're just, they're just kind of talking about you and engaging you about you. So contrast for me, Alan, how you feel when you're talking to that first person the the, the me oriented person versus when you're talking to this person who's a little bit more inquisitive you know a little bit more interested in, in you and what's oh, going on I, with you i
1: would much much rather talk to the second person i mean I, to me it, it's when you're around those people that just talk about themselves it's it just you feel like you're being talked to as opposed to being talked with and i right. think that's the big challenge for me is i uh i don't engage in those conversations very well and uh But yeah, when you've got somebody who's asking you questions, you kind of feel the need to want to ask questions back. You say, well, this person's taking an interest in me. I'm actually more interested in them now, too, just because of that. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is that you actually find yourself talking more about yourself in the long run. If you're one of those people that's asking questions of the other person first because they become more engaged, wanting to know more about you over time as well, yeah. it becomes a, a real symbiotic conversation as opposed to such a one-sided thing. So,
2: Right. Yeah, it definitely becomes more symbiotic, more of a dialogue. And, and that's what you – Want when you're talking to the customers. That's what Cameron was looking for because once it becomes more of a dialogue, then you can tell that other person's getting more comfortable. They're getting inquisitive about you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're breaking down their own barriers and opening up about themselves. So he's very good at getting people to talk about themselves. And and I once heard somebody say just uh, this statement years ago, and I've always believed in it. If you're carrying on a conversation with somebody. And you're asking them questions, and they're doing 75 percent of the talking during the conversation. They're going to walk away saying, "Wow, Ellen was a great conversationalist." Mm-hmm. You know, even though you only talked a quarter of the time, and they talked 75 percent of the time. You mm-hmm. know, it's just some if they've engaged in the dialogue, got to talk a little bit more than you do. People end up feeling like you're a great conversationalist. Absolutely, so, yes. You know, good um, point.
1: Very good point. I can see why that maybe be very important in Cameron's situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't. Well, I mean, I think there's probably the fact too that you don't want to let some ride with you for the next few hours if they're going to be just a complete chatterbox about themselves you know right you want someone who you feel like is going to have a little more rapport and dialogue with you as you go yeah. yep
2: so yeah you don't want to be locked in the cab of a Ooh, truck
1: no. you know
2: this uh, three foot by six foot space for three hours with somebody who is just talking your ear off about themselves nonstop.
1: So you're already uh, you're already doing a little bit of prediction of my uh, customer service story for the uh, for the month before we get into oh. it. so that's okay. I just keep that in mind keep that example sure. in mind yeah. yeah
2: well, another thing he said is you know one, one thing I try to do along with just being inquisitive of them is I make sure I'm not holding back. You know, I make sure if they ask me a question, uh, I'm not giving them one word answer. So let's say you're back at that uh, dinner party, Alan, and uh, you're talking to somebody uh, and and, and they just give you a one word answer. How's it going uh, the last week or two? I haven't seen you around. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, you know what you've been up to lately? Not much. (laughs) <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, what, what can you kind of sense about this person or where their head's at during that conversation?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, their head is obviously somewhere else, and they're yeah. just looking to cut the short the conversation as much as humanly possible. Um, right. People around my office know that when I give the one word answers on things, I'm I'm my mind is already on another project right now, and I need mm-hmm. to get back to that project. So I yeah. to, I try to be very mindful of that myself. It, it's tough to to keep check on that. So
2: yeah, yeah. So and he didn't want to come off like that to folks. Like he was focused on something else that there was, you know, sure that Cameron was engaged in this conversation with this restaurant owner, but he didn't want to convey to that person that, you know, his mind was really in a different direction on a different topic. He, he wanted to make sure that he was being open. He wasn't given the one word answers. So Cameron himself would make sure he elaborated some, you know, he wasn't given those one word answers uh, because for people to open up to you, they need to see you opening up to them absolutely uh, and he he realized that was a reciprocal thing and he didn't he didn't want to put himself in the position of having to wait for them to open up he initiated it he tried to create this environment of trust and openness but by him sharing and answering whatever questions they had honestly and openly
1: what i've noticed with people that typically just have the one word responses and don't really engage in dialogue is you start finding yourself Mm -hmm. And when you communicate with them, you become very short, quick, almost like very, very pointed with all your questions or needs or any of that to the point Mm -hmm. where now your dialogue has just been consisting of these very, very short, abrupt, quick, quick questions, quick answers type of thing. It's not a healthy dialogue. I mean, but there's some cases I'm sure that's probably helpful to people working on a project together that just need to expedite getting things done. But it's not a healthy dialogue. It's not the kind of dialogue you're really going to learn and enjoy and appreciate. So.
2: Right. And, and that's a really good segue into our last point because you're talking about mirroring how you talk to somebody. You know, if, if they use short words, you use short words. It's going to be that kind of uncomfortable situation. Or you can mirror uh, more positive ways of communicating with others and maybe it's more of a dialogue. Well, his last point was really interesting. I hadn't thought about this, but it really relates more to body language and tone of voice and gestures and that sort of thing. He he said when he's talking to folks, what he tries to do uh, is if if they're very animated, he'll increase his animation a little bit. You know, if they're very low key, he's not out there with his arms flying around. I mean, he yeah. becomes a little bit more low key. If they get a little lo- if they're kind of loud and boisterous and and this sort of thing, he'll get a little bit more loud and gregarious as well. And if if it's this situation where you know their voice, their mannerisms are in a certain direction, he'll still be himself, but he'll kind of adjust his adjust mannerisms, yeah. his voice. Slightly, so that they feel like they're talking to somebody uh, within a conversation climate that that is something that they're more comfortable with.
1: I think that's a great, great move. I mean, because there again, Cameron's trying to convince somebody to spend time with him—usually mm-hmm. a long period of time, not a five-minute right. phone conversation. This is a long period of time. You've got to make that person feel comfortable, and you got to make them feel that they're not competing or at, at odds with your personality style. So, uh, yeah, I agree. That's a great, great tactic for them.
2: Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about this is this is somebody who is needing to quickly establish rapport, quickly establish trust. And oftentimes in a customer service environment, that's exactly what employees have to do. They're going to be talking to somebody they don't know well, uh, maybe they've never met before. Uh, And and this person has a certain need or they have a major issue. And uh, along with addressing the need or addressing the issue, there's got to be some kind of a rapport established. It's going to be an interpersonal situation, not just a matter of going through a task list. I mean, you're dealing with the person while you're dealing with the need. You're dealing with that individual while you're dealing with their issue. So some of the key points, I'll, I'll kind of take them away from the hitchhiking perspective and make them more about customer service in general. He was saying, first of all, Be sincere. Be truly interested in what they're telling you. Make sure it's coming across. If you have a certain need that you need to do or or the customer needs, be be very clear on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. Don't use vague language. Don't be cryptic about it. Say, this is what we want to accomplish. This is our goal. This is what we're going to work together toward. Uh, you know, paint a picture of where you've done in the past, especially when you're dealing with somebody who's anxious or upset. A lot of that's because of the fear of the unknown. And if you can say, you know, we've worked with several different customers who are in a diff- uh, similar situation. You know, we've worked with several individuals who had the same issue and, and we're able to find a solution. And I'm sure we can do that for you as well. I mean, if you can paint the picture of success for them, it helps the customer to reduce their anxiety, to to trust you a little bit more.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. We talk,
2: talked about asking questions, the importance of that. You know, not holding back with your answers just like you don't want them to and then mirroring their body language, their tone, their words as well.
1: No, I think that's some, yeah, all those points. I mean, mean, and Ed, we're not even just talking about stuff that's helpful for hitchhiking or helpful for customer service. I mean, these are just dialogue tips, I think for just general life as we communicate with one another to be healthier with our relationships and communications with anybody. So, yes.
2: Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Oftentimes when you're relating to somebody else, you're trying to establish rapport, meet a need with somebody else in customer service, it can seem, very technical or very skill-oriented oriented or very technique-oriented. But in reality, a lot of what we're talking about here is just how do you communicate as a person one-on-one with somebody else, just like you would in your personal life. I mean in your personal life, Uh, if you really wanted to establish a relationship and rapport with somebody, would you give them one word answers? Mm -hmm. You know, if you wanted somebody to feel comfortable with you and they were very low key, would you be flying around the room and be all animated? I mean, if you wanted to build their trust, would you not respond to their questions with, with, with any kind of detail? And if you wanted them to like you and establish a rapport, wouldn't you want to be a little bit more sincere in how you communicated with them? So you're right. You know, a lot of what we deal with in customer service, and that's why this hitchhiking example from Cameron is, is so useful. A lot of what we deal in customer service is just stuff that we deal with in our personal lives. Yeah. It's just the topic is different. You know, we're resolving business issues. You know, we're meeting business needs, but yet it's still two people engaged in that conversation.
1: Absolutely. I, I think anytime you read, you know, some great business books that try to help us understand that. The art of conducting business in a really positive manner, it does come down to the communication and its communication lessons that we all ought to be practicing in our own lives. I'm looking at the list as I'm jotting down the notes as you're talking through all this with your example, the the hitchhiker example. And all these things are the things, I mean, even down to the point, I'm trying to teach my kids how to Mm -hmm. use in communication style. You know, don't, when somebody asks you a question, don't just say yes or no, you know, tell them a little bit more about your answer. Don't make up things, you know, be sincere about it, you know, tell them. Give them a lot of depth and all that and try to ask them questions back as well. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of things I think we try to teach each other just as, as good human beings to communicate. But right. but you're right. I think when we see that happen in the business community, the business world, it really helps elevate that relationship. It really helps enhance that experience. And I think uh, it's very clear to people when they feel like they're getting the – the robot routine scripted answers on things versus a human being really just wanting to talk to them, you know? Sure.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the idea overall is to be great at customer service. We have to be able to establish rapport very quickly with folks. And these are ideas that we can think about. If I was that 18 year old hitchhiker and I was having to establish a rapport with somebody in three to five minutes to the point that they are willing to spend their time or give me a job or, or transport me halfway uh, across the country you know what are some of those key things I need to do to make them comfortable with me, to make them trust in me? Come up with some of these ideas, and maybe we can learn a few lessons from an 18 year old hitchhiker.
1: Oh yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you a follow up question on that. So, sure. Cameron, is he still hitchhiking, or is he kind of done? Is he settled down? Where is he? What's he doing now?
2: So oh, that's a good question. Uh, a couple weeks after I met with him and his dad out to eat, uh, he left home. He hitchhiked. I believe it was out to the southwest U.S. And now he's back uh, up in the northeast, um, and he's getting trained. He actually the he got his degree after going through uh, a high school program where he worked on a sailing ship.
1: Okay, sure. Uh,
2: and it's uh, from a Canadian university apparently, and. Uh, so he loves sailing, so Mm -hmm. he's actually right now working on a boat, it's dry docked I believe right now, but he's something like an assistant engineer, I talked to his dad yesterday about Cameron, he's something like an assistant engineer that they've Uh, that's working on a ship. So uh, yes, he's still hitchhiking, although at this point he's locked into this job for a certain period of time. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the kind of job you and I talk about, the nine to five, you know, go to the Mm -hmm. office kind Mm -hmm. of job. It's definitely very different, very Cameron. But yes, he's, he's still doing the hitchhiking
1: thing. Well, I will say this, Cameron, if you're out there and you're listening, if you ever decide to get into sales, (laughs) <laughs> uh, let us know because uh, I think if you've been able to pull off over 250 hitchhiking jobs uh, around the country like you have based on the criteria we're talking about and the qualities Ed was describing, yeah, I think if you decide to get into sales and business development, there's probably a pretty good future for you in that. So uh, yeah. that's something to keep in mind. That's great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story sure. and kind of how it relates to the customer service world. What we're going to do, Ed, if it's okay with you, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll do our customer service uh, examples and stories from the month and uh, wrap it up from there. Sound Sounds good? great. Okay, great. We'll be back with Stepping Up Service here in just a moment.
0: We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stepping Up Service. Again, this is our show here on the TheMesh.TV, talking about the world of customer service, how to improve it, how to deliver it, tools to use to improve that service uh, culture that we provide for clients, customers, employees, vendors, whoever it may be. So in the first half of the show, Ed, we talked about lessons learned from a young hitchhiker. And I think what we basically gathered from that are there are a lot of things that Cameron, this young hitchhiker that you know, was able to put into practice to to help him as a hitchhiker, things he had to do. He basically had to sell himself as well as establish a really strong rapport with a lot of people to build that trust level. Exactly what we talk about every month when we get together and try and deliver the best customer service examples and uh, situations that we can. So I think it was a great story. I wanted to follow up since uh, during the break, uh, a couple of things I thought of that I wanted to follow up on before we get into our customer service stories or examples of the month our official ones I do have two very quick examples that I think really kind of help illustrate what we're talking about with with Cameron and in that whole building rapport and these are two things that honestly happened 24 hours apart from each other uh this week with me two completely polar opposite extreme situations but I think it really shows the the power of that building relationships so I had a uh, I had a meeting, and I have to be very careful here to make sure I don't think the, any of these individuals associated with this are listening to this show. They should be, mind you. <laughs> uh, I don't think they are. So I had a meeting. If somebody asked for some time with me to go over an idea, kind of a, a, a project that they were going. They were thinking about starting up, and they were looking for some assistance, and they were looking for some help. Uh, it was not going to be a a business thing for me, where I would be you know anything that would be a a, a money making situation. This is truly a. Let's try to help. You know, I'm really big about trying to help entrepreneurs and trying to help people that are looking to build a business and start up. That's, that's a real passion of mine. And if I've come across somebody who, who may have a good idea and need some help or want some advice, I love being a sounding board for those things. Um, here's the problem, though. Uh, and this is just a good piece of advice for any of you out there looking to borrow time from someone uh, on a volunteer basis to, to get ideas from them. Uh, First off, be very clear how much time you're going to need or you would like to block off on their time. Because, again, this person is giving you freely your time and you need to be cognizant of that. So uh, don't let it go three and a half hours. And then (laughs) secondly, uh, to relate back to the Cameron story, you know, when you're looking for feedback, you're looking for ideas, you're wanting to have a discussion with somebody. Yes, also a pretty good idea to ask questions back to the other person, which for three and a half hours did not happen. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So one uh, way. Yes. Uh, I'd say 98 percent of the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, And I'm not over exaggerating on that. So uh, it's very tough for someone like me, I think with anybody to feel any kind of connection with wanting to do to go the extra mile for someone when you feel like well you know basically i just heard somebody talk for almost three hours and i didn't wasn't really asking any opinion it's almost like they just wanted to go through their whole spiel and just kind of do it so it's a little bit of that whole customer service mentality i think the building rapport i walk out of a situation like that and i don't feel very connected i don't feel very engaged i don't feel very willing to want to go to the next step with that situation now you take that example and exactly 24 hours later I had another meeting set up with somebody that's here in this area that uh, she's looking to get more connected with the community and find out what's going on. And and she heard I was a resource for that. So we set up a time to meet. And I'll tell you, it was one of the most pleasant conversations because it was a completely 50-50 dialogue. It was she's asking questions of me. I'm asking questions of her. I feel like she's honestly listening. You know, there's actually like intent listening to answers. It's not, you know, she's just trying to find a way to sell what she's doing or anything like that it was just a true honest really really good conversation and those are the kind of you walk away immediately i'm on my way home thinking what can i do to help get her more involved in the community or help her with business or whatever it may be you just you have that desire to want to go to that next level with that engagement so i think just as you were telling the story with cameron it just both of those kind of came to mind because they're both so recent two completely opposite extremes of how just a dialogue style when talking to somebody leaves that kind of impression when you're done that somebody wants to do something for you or they mm-hmm. don't you know so yes. anyway just yeah. thought that was interesting and both of those are very fresh on my mind so
2: yeah, those are great examples because I mean, you did hit on several of the points from the story because you talked about being clear up front. That first group, they weren't clear. No, they wanted not a bit. three and a half I, hours of your
1: time. When even at know. the at the two and a half hour mark, I honestly had to even stop and say, "What is it you exactly you need from me?" Because I'm still not quite clear. And uh, if if somebody's having to ask you that question, right. um, two and, even, and a half
2: hours in, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even even
1: ten minutes in, they shouldn't be asking yes. that question. But let alone a couple hours in, uh, that's a bad sign. So you're right, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, but you yeah, had that point. You had asking questions of the other person. You know, creating a dialogue, and you know all, all these sorts of things that uh, you know obviously the first person didn't do, and the second person or group did. So yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. so interesting examples. Uh, just very interesting timing with your story so yes so speaking of stories this is the, yes. the all story episode here of uh, of stepping up service ed we always like to wrap up our show where we give an example of a recent customer service example we had can be positive it can be negative and these we kind of bring these to the table we haven't heard each other's stories so there's no telling if we're both going to be good both going to be negative we'll see where it goes ed you got a you got a story for us from this past uh recent recent weeks here
2: uh, yes, and it's interesting because you just talked about two polar opposite experiences from two different companies 24 hours apart. Uh, I had two uh, totally different experiences from the same company about two minutes apart. Wow, So, all okay. uh, it, It's a very simple story, but uh, essentially I was going into a, a large home improvement center. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, um, fair enough. And I had been into – I'd patronized this particular company many times. I'd only been to this store that I was going to once, however. So I, I walk into the building and there's somebody standing there. Obviously, it looks kind of like the Walmart greeter. Uh, and it was a lady and uh, she didn't smile. She, she kind of made eye contact. Uh, with me but she didn't say anything so as I walked up to her she was about 10 or 15 feet into the store I initiated the conversation I told her what I wanted and as we were talking I was actually looking for a uh, replacement filter for my refrigerator that the water flows through I noticed at the end of the store that there were appliances and I said is is that where I need to go for this filter and she said uh yeah that's where they are and then I thanked her Yes. She didn't say anything and I left. <laughs> yes, okay? so because be,
1: you are the one that you should be thanking her for blessing her with your presence uh, in her store. Yes, that it, makes
2: <laughs> yes, I didn't realize that until after I had left, unfortunately. <laughs> right. I didn't realize I was supposed to one, be the one who smiled. I was supposed to be the one who initiated the conversation. Right. And, and anyway, I, w- I won't go on about that. But juxtapose that encounter with what I experienced two minutes later When, when I went to the cashier, he was smiling with the prior customers, which were young uh, young couple... You know, I walked up, he had a great greeting. He literally smiled the whole time that I was talking with him. Wow. Uh, I had to give him uh, this gift card that I had gotten, uh, and, and he noted the pin, and and he said, oh, that's great, you know, great that you have a gift card. After we're done, anything else I can do for you, you know, please come again, it was this sort of thing. I mean, he smiled the entire time, seemed friendly, you know, very helpful, very efficient the entire time. So I, I have these two different experiences within two minutes of each other juxtaposed, and it's interesting because we do a lot of mystery shopping. So I was obviously in mental mystery shopping mode after this first uh, encounter. And and this is what I gathered from that. When this organization hires people, they do not gauge the customer service orientation of that employee. That is obvious because they would not have hired that first person if they were saying we want people first and foremost that really care about the customer, they're good at communicating, we understand what great customer service is. Second, the level of customer service in this organization is too much based on who the employee is as opposed to being based on some organizational uh, goal of creating a culture of customer service. Mm -hmm. So your customer service is based on whether you get Fred or Mary. It's not based on this intentional approach to creating the yeah. culture of customer service.
1: That's a good point.
2: Yeah. Third thing I noted, managers in this organization are not customer focused. Hmm. If they were customer focused, they would not have put this lady as the greeter. Oh you know, boy. somebody with that kind of demeanor to be your greeter. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh and then the fourth point is they haven't done any kind of effective customer service training because there were certain basic skills. She said, yeah, the filters are back there. She didn't tell me what aisle they were in. The appliance center is huge in this particular building. She didn't bother to walk me there, point me in that direction. She didn't ask me if there's anything else I needed. I mean, she didn't do some of the basic skill technique things. So obviously they're not doing any kind of effective customer service training. So in a matter of literally a, a 20, 30 second encounter with a greeter, about a minute to two minute encounter with a cashier, all of a sudden you can start to realize some major conclusions about the organization.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's, it really is. Imp- you're right. I mean, there's those things. Sometimes we, we, we have these encounters, at these places, especially at chains, big, big stores, big restaurants, whatever it may be. And, you know, so many times I'm, I'm sure customers just look at it and say, oh, well, you know, that's just the way the company is. And all of a sudden, one person, one bad example, all of a sudden brands who that company is.
2: Exactly, And
1: that's such a shame to think that, you know, all it takes is just being a little more deliberate about who we are putting on the front line and how we're teaching them and training them to have that kind of service mentality. Yes. Um, I'll tell you, I've actually had some fun at a couple of those large Home household improvement type stores in the past myself because that's always frustrating to me when I walk in and ask where something is and I'm basically just pointed. When you've got a place that may have 30, 40 aisles, huge deep aisles, so just telling them an aisle number doesn't really exactly get you to the right spot. It just kind Mm -hmm. of points you in a general direction. It's like saying, where is Charlotte, North Carolina? And you say, well, it's on the east coast of the United States. It doesn't really tell you exactly where it is. It (laughs) just kind of gives you a basic ballpark idea. Yeah. Um, So I like to have some fun with that sometimes. And I'll actually kind of, when they say that, I'll say, okay, well, and I may have a piece of paper in my back pocket and like to say, can you, let's sketch out exactly what the floor plan is here (laughs) so I know exactly where to go on things. I did that one time because I was really, I knew I was going to face that. I got so frustrated. So I actually just pulled out a, a spare piece of paper I had wadded up in my pocket with a with a shopping list and like, all right, sketch out for me. I want to know exactly where it is I'm going to. And just you could just tell they got frustrated because they didn't like having to give more detail. But I'm like, you yeah. know what? If I'm going to spend my time walking down here, you're going to show me on a map exactly where it is before I get down there. I don't normally try to act that way to to people that work at a place, but you got to do more than just point, and you got to right. do more than just. The short answer so yeah
2: they're in customer service training more and more i've been using the phrase that might be true but it's not helpful
1: yes you know and that's
2: an example <laughs> where yes the appliance center is in the back there that's true but how is that helpful do you realize that that is about a 150 foot by 80 foot area so yeah. you know you're, you're talking about 1200 square feet uh, that that you're saying that's where it is now that there's hundreds of items back there. So, yes, it's true that it's back there, you know, but is it really helpful?
1: <laughs> yes, that's uh, a good so, point. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell my story. Mine's uh, and it does have to do with what I related at the beginning of the show talking about that. We did have some flooding issues here in our county just a couple of weeks ago over the weekend and it was just heavy heavy rainfall uh, a lot of places uh, basements got flooded ground floors of buildings got flooded so naturally the kind of companies that uh, specialize in cleaning those things and drying out areas and helping repair flood damage were very very popular that weekend oh um, yeah so i had a family member that uh, unfortunately had a big flooding issue in their house. Uh, That happened Saturday morning is when the whole bottom fell out. I mean, it was about 5 a.m. in the morning, 4 in the morning. We got the heaviest rain, and it just washed all day. It just kept flowing. So, of course, you know, my family member that had the the flooding issue called this company that, you know, specializes in coming up to help help fix this. And uh, basically, they were told that, you know, well, uh, the local franchise area of this company is completely over overwhelmed. So we've actually started bringing in crews from other other areas around us to help help with this. So it makes sense. I would I would understand that. This was unheard of. The kind of flooding that we had. I, I can't remember ever having this kind of rainfall ever before. But the problem became is that you know my family member saying, "Well, I need to know before you guys come out or you send the crew out, what kind of dollars could I be talking about here?" And so the person gave a very uh, a, a a a dollar amount estimate and say well this is typically kind of what we're seeing on stuff okay so my family member said all right uh fair enough i i understand that we will uh I'll look forward to seeing the crew whenever they can make it out well it was a couple of days because again everything was just jammed up yes. on that saturday and sunday uh but the crew shows up and basically walk in the place they they seemed Agitated, They seemed flustered that, you know, they've been very, very busy. They've been working around the clock serving, serving customers. So it was basically walk into the house, show us where the damage is. Okay. We're going to start working on it. So they started pulling out all the fans, all the materials, all the the equipment, just piling it into this house Uh, at no point ever saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how much it's going to cost. This is what Mm. we recommend. It was just kind of a, okay, I see your basement's flooded. All right. We're going to get, we're going to go, we're going to go take care of that right now. Okay, that's fine. At least they're focused when they walk in the door. But, of course, they had already set up all their machines, all their work, and all that, and then finally come back upstairs, talk to my family member, and say, okay, yeah, and this is how much it's going to be. And it was a whole lot more than what they were told over the phone. So, of course, family member, pretty upset about it, rightfully so. Yeah. It's just you know those are it's like well, those are one of those things you really should have talked about when you showed up here you should have assessed the situation yes. and told me cuz I was told this on the phone it's like yes. oh well what you were told is just the minimum we charge i mean this is this is a much bigger job it's just that you know and i realize this was a situation where it was You know, it was a heightened sense of of urgency on things. I mean, this was a, a, you know, we got state funding for uh, emergency uh, preparedness situation from it. I mean, it was a big deal. But still, you know, even in those situations of crisis, you still need to be able to roll out some level of customer service and realize that, yeah, you may be tired because you've been working around the clock and you've been very busy. But the people you're visiting, especially in this kind of line of business, have been going through a whole lot as well, yes. <laughs> and you can't take for granted that your urgency, your 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 frustrations are more than theirs. They are probably mm-hmm. been dealing with some real, real heart heartache these last few days, yes. and to go in and just start doing your job without communicating to them, explaining what would happen, wow. explaining the time that would be involved. Uh, It's just not the way to go about these things. Right. And I realize too, I don't blame the local branch on this stuff because, you know, they had to bring in crews from other places. But unfortunately, when you do bring in those other crews, and this can happen in any business, you bring in outside help to help on a project, you kind of have to take responsibility for what kind of service they're going to be providing your clientele. And uh, it's a tough situation, but it is something that does need to be addressed, especially in these emergency uh, emergency uh, situations.
2: Yeah, there were so many bad things that happened there because the expectations uh, from the call had not been communicated by the company to this crew. The crew set up before giving a price. You know, they came in with a bad attitude. Uh, I mean, there are just so many layers to what went wrong there, and um, you know, it's taken people who you know are suffering misfortune, Mm -hmm. not giving them any compassion, not communicating well internally, and then you bring in the equipment. So almost, it's almost like you're forcing them to feel obligated to still go with you.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, what's that person going to do? Say, "Oh, I didn't know it was going to be that much." Uh, go ahead and get out and I'll wait another three or four days for another company to come in and and dry out my basement, which is already in a bad shape as it is. I mean, you're kind of stuck and you've put that person in an awkward position and uh, it's not a matter of, you know, they were going to say, no, don't do it. I mean, it was a lot more than they expected, but it's just that whole approach to it. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight through your own uh, being worn out, being frustrated on your own. You got to fight through that Mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, this is a business you're running. This is a service you're providing. And some of these people are, Are are probably a lot more tired and frustrated than you are at the moment.
2: Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a great story. I mean, it reminds me of in training. Oftentimes, when we say, you know, if a customer complains that you're late, don't don't start saying something like, "Well, we're real busy right now." You know, of course we're late. You know, what do you expect? You know, if you're doing that you're bringing negative emotion into an already emotional situation uh, and you're almost conveying that your issue is bigger than the customer's issue. Exactly. And it shouldn't be that way. And, and people, you know, in to business too often are too focused on themselves and their concern rather than you know, who's the real customer in this conversation.
1: That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Well, I wish I could have ended on a more positive note. We had, uh, you know, <laughs> so a, a negative story there. But uh, at the same time, I think it's, uh, it's still good, valuable, lessons for us all to be learning from, both the um, the one from the the, the big store you, you attended, and then me with the local service firm. So, all right. Yep. Well, Ed, thanks so much for the conversation today. I loved hearing yeah. about the Hitchhiker. I loved hearing about Cameron. It's uh, fascinating to think that something like hitchhiking could actually apply so many customer service skill sets that we could all learn from on that. That's neat. Yes. Um, Ed Gagnon is with Customer Service Solutions. You can learn more about CSS at cssamerica.com. That's his website, where you can see other blog posts just like the one about the young hitchhiker. You can follow Ed, find out what other kind of projects he's working on, and uh, you know, see if there uh, if there's ever a need for learning more about how to improve a customer service culture at an organization. I mean, really, Ed's your guy. He 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 knows his stuff. He and his company do some great work on that. So, um, Ed, you got anything uh, interesting going on at the moment? Anything uh, anything you're writing up or something people can look forward to, maybe?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, we're, we're in discussions right now with a pro sports organization to do some research. Their attendance levels are starting to drop and they're, they're trying to figure out how to use the voice of the fan to actually uh, in- increase that. So that's real exciting. That's um, cool. Very neat. Yeah, so we're, we're real excited about that. We uh, are in the process of wrapping up uh, some customer service planning with a relatively new organization that's been uh, a consolidation of about seven or eight different departments. And they're trying to say, okay, instead of having the customer look at us and view us as seven or eight different departments, how can we create a plan and be proactive about communicating that plan to customers so that they view us as one organization? Mm-hmm. So we have that going on as well. We're actually doing some mystery shopping for hospitals. Uh, So medical mystery shopping we're getting into. So there's a lot of interesting things that we're working on right now, which is pretty typical, but there are a couple of things that we're doing that are new uh, just have a little bit extra excitement associated with them.
1: Very, very cool. Very nice. CSS com is where you can learn more about customer service solutions. Uh, follow Ed on uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, all the other places as well. I know there's links on your website to get to those things. So that's great. And then, uh, my name is Alan Jackson uh, with the Jackson group where we conduct employee and customer satisfaction surveys and, uh, Also do, on the side, some video multimedia work with our subsidiary company, Jackson Group Interactive, which is where you're listening to The Mesh here, podcast network we put together a couple years ago to provide some original and uh, unique content out there on the Internet. So you can learn more about The Jackson Group, our consulting and survey firm, at thejacksongroup.com. And then The Mesh itself, that's where uh, you're listening to this show right now, is you can go to themesh.tv. That's themes tv to see not only back episodes of Stepping Up Service, but you can also go and check out episodes of any of our other shows. Uh, A couple that may be of interest for those of you that like the kind of content we're talking about here on Stepping Up Service. We have a show called Leadership GPS where we talk about the, the idea of being a better leader. Uh, taking some leadership ideas and principles and how to apply them in your own life. We've got a show that also talks about the, from the hospital environment, since you brought that up, Ed, Mm -hmm. talking about patient satisfaction in the healthcare environment, especially in hospitals and home health agencies. And their national standardized patients experience survey process that they have to follow. Now, Ed, we do have a show coming up pretty soon that I think you might find interesting, and it's uh, me for mentioning it for the first time, so it's kind of a, it's kind of an exclusive here for Stepping Up Service. Great. Well, we got a show coming up pretty soon that's called the Entrepreneurial Exchange, oh, and excellent. the idea with that is it's going to be hosted by a couple of people I know really well that that work with entrepreneurs and helping them develop their business. And it's going to be a real exchange of ideas, some how-tos, some real practical advice, talking about different topics each month as well. So we're looking forward to getting that out. I think the first episode comes out here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, should be a lot of fun. I think first uh, first uh, first episode they recorded, they're talking about the elevator speech, the art of the yes. elevator speech, how to convey yeah. your business idea in a short trip up an elevator uh, yeah. and get people's attention on that. So so it's going to be a fun show. I think very helpful as well. So yeah, one of
2: one of my favorite TV shows is Shark Tank yes, on right. ABC, uh-huh. and and those people. Uh, just to grab the attention and to try to close that deal, they have to have an outstanding elevator speech. I mean, it's hugely important to be able to very concisely say, what are you all about and what makes you unique? So that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to getting that going out there. So we've got two good hosts, very, very talented, skilled guys uh, running that show. So that's going to be it for Stepping Up Service today. We thank everybody for listening. We really do appreciate all the support and the listens. If you have any questions, feedback, dialogue for us at all, you can reach us at info at themesh.tv by email, or you can go to the website for themesh.tv and leave a, a comment there. There's a nice little contact us button up in the top menu bar that you can go to and fill out a quick little form and drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts, questions, ideas for future topics, we would love to hear that. So until next time, I'm Alan Jackson uh, with Ed Gagnon. We'll look forward to seeing you or talking to you next time on Stepping Up Service. Take care.